for the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com slash safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. While traveling, it's usually best to pack light. When it comes to money, carrying some cash and having an alternative like Zelle is a great idea. Zelle's an easy way to send and receive money with people you trust at any U.S. bank. It's already in thousands of different banking apps, and it's money straight into your bank account in minutes fast. Look for Zelle in your banking app today. Safe travels. Hey, everybody. It's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And I talked about this some on, I believe, Friday, maybe early Saturday night. WWE releasing 18 superstars. And I said, I really didn't want to make a comment until everything kind of shook out. I'm not into breaking news. Because I find that a lot of times when you break news or say something that everybody considers is opinion-based, then they want to run with it and it gets changed. Or everyone wants to pile on, but when you're proven right, then they don't want want to acknowledge that you were right. Back, I guess it was right after SummerSlam, I, or right before, one or the other, I told you guys there were going to be more firings. I even said that I thought it was going to be either right before or right after the draft. That happened in October, and so many of you want to say, where those firings. And I didn't respond because then people want to discount you if you say, well, they're still coming. And it is no coincidence that they timed these firings when they did. You saw a lot of websites state that it happened just minutes or just hours after the quarter three earning report where they released that there were huge, big profits made. And people wanted to point that out. The thing that I want to point out is, did anyone notice that probably, I would say 70% of the WWE roster that day, I would almost venture to say 80% of the roster that day within if you go back 24 hours was in Europe 
And I know some of you are saying, what's the big deal about that? They weren't here in the United States to get together with their friends that had gotten fired to talk it over with them or to see their sadness, their grief, or them celebrating. Because out of those 18, guys, some of them were celebrating. Think about it. The raw superstars were in the process of doing their last show and coming home. So they were in Europe. Those SmackDown superstars were getting ready for SmackDown and I believe were getting ready to leave. I'm trying to think about that. Is that correct? I think that's correct. So you had... 75 to 80% of your roster, not in the United States, not in the same time zone, not able to easily communicate. And I found that the most interesting part of it. And I guess maybe the fact that Johnny Ace wrote a mass email to the NXT superstars, and then wrote another one to the main roster superstars that got fired. They didn't even call them to tell them in person. I guess maybe they didn't want to hear it. Maybe to call all 18 of them would have taken too long, and this person and that person and this person would have went to the media and said, hey, I just got released, and it would have gave everybody a heads up. I don't know. I just found it kind of weird, I guess. Um, People wanted to talk. Oh my gosh, they released 18 people. Well, yeah, and that is a lot, and yes, WWE since it's 2020 has released enough people to start their own promotion. That is true. But I think the bigger comment is number one, a lot of the people that's been released since 2020 never should have been at the WWE level to begin with. Out of these 18, Think about it. A lot of them probably should have been released six months ago, a year ago. But if they would have released them on April 15th of 2021, earlier this year, six and a half months ago, they would have released probably, what, 25, 30 superstars on one day? People would have yelled and cried and griped and complained and threw a fit over how many they released. These massive releases should show you how many wrestlers WWE has on their roster that they stockpiled. 
that they knew a year ago didn't need to be there. And I know some of you are like, oh, Sam, you're not being honest. Really? Let me go through some of the people that they fought so hard for against other promotions or got them and grabbed them before other promotions could uh, get their hands on them that they knew a while ago they really didn't want or they'd known for a while that they couldn't work with, couldn't get them to the level or in the character that they saw them in. Then there were some superstars that were reevaluated up until you know the last minute. There were some WWE superstars let go because they were unvaccinated. They refused to get the, the vaccination and that probably were a little bit of budget cuts, which is their standard reason slash excuse for getting rid of people. So let's start with Harry Smith. So many of you, when he was released, was like, who? And you didn't know who it was, so you kind of skimmed by that name. It's because they didn't release him as Davy Boy Smith Jr. They didn't release him as the British Bulldog's son. They didn't release him as the former MLW superstar or one of the stars of Bloodsport. No, they... They didn't release him as that. They released him as Harry Smith. And like I said, so many of you just kind of glossed over that name. And Davy Boy Smith Jr. really was fought over by a lot of different promotions. MLW definitely wanted to re-sign him. But they couldn't compete with WWE money and the history that Harry Smith had in his mind. See, many of you do remember his dad, Davy Boy Smith, as part of a member of the British Bulldogs. But think back what Harry Smith has of the WWE. He has that his dad was a member of that promotion for so long and how a lot of his dad's greatest accomplishments were either there or in Japan and he didn't see very many of his matches in Japan. However, he did get to see the ones in WWE. Add to the fact that they just brought him in in April to induct his dad into the WWE Hall of Fame and him make the speech honoring his father. It was kind of a no-brainer that everyone knew he was going to sign with the WWE. 
However, WWE's plans for him were him to lead up, be a veteran of NXT UK. He was excited about that. That's where he's from. You know, that's where the the flag that his father carried is representative of their nation. And he would have gotten to be on television, you know, actually, I guess it Peacock Network. But when you think about it, was he ever there? No, he's been working out at the Performance Center. Whereas we used to see him on indie uh, promotions all the time. We saw him in Bloodsport. Like I mentioned, take on John Moxley at, I think, Bloodsport 5. And we saw him in MLW. They basically took him out of the public's mind and leaving him at the Performance Center. I am going to make an assumption here. I've not talked to anyone around him or seen any comments really that he's made. He's got to be happy over the moon about this. He's collected a paycheck from WWE for a while. He's been able to allow his body to rest while continuing to train, while continuing to work out. And he should be rocking and raring to go for whatever promotion indie event wants to snap him up. I just hope he's on an NXT contract of 30 days. I don't think they would make that mistake. I think we won't see him until February. Um, but I do think we see him. Then you have... Lince Dorado and Grand Meta League. And I'm lumping them together, and I know some of you are going to call foul. Because they were a tag team. Yes, they're separate individuals. Yes, Grand Meta League had asked for his release, and Lince Dorado had not. I know all that. I think a lot of it has to do with Dorado felt like he really could, given the chance, make it in the WWE. And here's the thing. I do, too. I think Grand Metal League could have made it in the WWE. The issue is, WWE, I feel, has a issue promoting Lucha wrestlers. And especially Lucha wrestlers that are under masks. I think Rey Mysterio is the last great one that they were getting involved with. I know a lot of people holler um, Ninja Mike. God, I hope Ninja Mike never signs with the WWE until he's about 70. I just think it's a mistake if you go there because they don't know the lucha culture they 
don't understand how to promote it, how to do their style of wrestling. And so even though Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado truly wowed us, guys, do you remember the um, Elimination Chamber match that they were in? Them climbing to the ceiling of the cage, and or the chamber, I should say, and actually doing flips on the way down. Come on. They were innovators. And it's not something WWE is used to. Vince McMahon, it has been beat to the ground loves the 6467 guys that are powerful and do running fire slams. He doesn't get the flippity flops in the air and he doesn't understand why that excites anybody. Grand Metalik did ask for his release quite a few times. Because he knows he's getting older and he knows that one day this is going to have to end, and he doesn't want it to end with him sitting in catering. The Lucha House Party has long been known as jobbers. Now, people have gotten behind them at different points of their careers and said, oh, they can win this match. Oh, they can they can win the belts here. They can become number one contenders. WWE wanted to tease us with that, but just, I don't know, didn't happen. Then we come to Jesse Camilla, 33 years old, started in uh, WWE, I believe in 2017 maybe, 2018. And just couldn't get where the WWE saw her on a consistent level enough to be pushed tremendously in NXT or ever be considered to be promoted to the main roster. Her mic skills are shaky which is why they put her recently with Robert Stone. But that became kind of a job or two until Frankie Monet joined them. And that is what her character became. Can she restart herself? Yes. Most definitely. And up until the announcement also last week, which I'll get to probably in another episode, I would have said she would be looking at possibly going to Ring of Honor. But since they've decided to take a hiatus, I don't see that happening. Her best bet is, since she can't join anyone till December, is probably laying low until after the first of the year, 
picking up a lot of indie events, a lot of indie promotions, and getting her name out there unless there's something else that she wants to pursue. Do I see her making one of the big times? Um, no. I really don't. I don't know that she can work on her mic skills any more than what she did at the WWE Performance Center. And it just didn't click. Or is it because she didn't click with any of the characters they gave her? That possibly could be true also. I just, I don't know. Then you see Hit Rose B5. Awesome look. Great voice as far as singing ability. I can't believe they erased basically her catch line of Hit Row's theme music. I can't believe how bland and boring it sounds without her. And Hit Row doesn't have that flash, that pop any more than with her being away. Be fab whether they were in NXT, whether they were in WWE, gave them a confidence that I didn't see them have on Friday night. She was always standing classy, regal. Her walk, you saw her confidence. She only had a couple matches. She's been training as a wrestler, and they didn't give her a chance. Why cut her? Because they pulled the group up, and they didn't want to leave her behind. Well, why not leave her behind if you're just going to fire her? I don't know anything about her wrestling ability. I've never seen her wrestle that I remember. I am interested in seeing what she does next. Because like I said, she has a voice and a half that does not need to be wasted. Then you have Zeta Ramir. I believe is how you pronounce it. She was, you know, given a chance as a 25-year-old somewhat, I believe, by WWE. She had been in Shimmer. She had been in Impact Wrestling. She was trained by Booker T. Here's another one that I didn't feel was given really a chance to consistently get in front of fans. Being trained by Booker T, graduating, and him promoting her. She should be easily picked up by someone else. Like I said, she's only 25 years old. And she has to have some flash or pizzazz that Booker T saw in order to promote her on his podcast, on shows that he goes on. 
and really plug her. Probably her best bet is if she could get on with Impact. The only problem is, is Impact right now is stacked. And the people that I'm hearing possibly maybe going there soon, as far as women wrestlers, they're going to get even more stacked. So, you've got to remember, Ring of Honor released all of their talent that they signed the contracts for the new women's division that they were creating. And a lot of those are going to Impact Wrestling. So, does she go back to Shimmer? Does she go on the indie circuit? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where she goes in December. I think somebody will Bring her in for an event in December. Maybe one of their pre-New Year's Eve shows. Or somebody may really want to promote her for their New Year's Eve show or their New Year's Day show. Hint, hint, GCW. Anyway, um, Katrina Cortez, I thought had a high upside. She's Chilean. She's 25 years old, and WWE had no, let me repeat, no clue what to do with her. They changed her name five times. Yeah, let me repeat that. WWE changed her name five times. She was with a mask, she was without a mask, she would be put back in a mask. Even if you were trying to follow Katrina Cortez, I don't know that you could have done it. She was signed to WWE in 2019. Here recently, she's mostly been on 205 Live, where she's looked pretty decent. How they miss on her, I don't know. Um, she has been wrestling in Chile and known in South America since she was a teenager. She has a lot of the skills. She just definitely needed polished, gave a name, gave a character, and been allowed to develop it. Someone's going to snatch her up. I don't think it's going to be any of the big promotions, but someone's going to snatch her up. I hope Tony Khan is listening to this and he grabs her for dark or elevation. Jeep drama. If you were like me, I heard that name and I was like, what? Who? And I wasn't being offensive, I wasn't being rude, I wasn't discounting his talent or anything like that. I really just didn't know who he was. He had wrestled mostly at NXT live events, not really making it on TV. Um, He is Indian descent, 
Uh, his real name is Satir Dagar. He's 40 years old. And he was signed by the WWE, I think, in 2015 or 2016. I can't remember when their big plan was to go NXT India. You remember that one? Well, the pandemic destroyed all of those plans. But were they really going to go big in India? WWE is one of the few wrestling promotions that are shown there. Of course, we all know WWE's hero is the great Kali. But he has a small wrestling school, wrestling promotion in India. Do I understand why WWE promoted having NXT in India? Definitely. There's a billion people there. They wanted to have a presence there. I don't blame them. But signing Jeet Ramir, who was known in India, was basically just to get them over in India. He was mostly used in matches in India when they would go there to visit when they would go there to promote something like the network coming over there, like them going live on some TV stations there. He mostly lost to big WWE superstars. They didn't give him a lot of surprise uh, wins like they did in Saudi Arabia with Mansur. And they didn't give him a lot of opportunities really on NXT. Like I said, he was just basically at NXT live events. And I almost felt like he was used as a sideshow attraction, maybe? Um, then you have Trey Baxter. He wasn't featured a whole lot on NXT. Here recently, he's just been known as Core Jade's boyfriend. You don't want to be one of the most sought-after indie talents. He had a lot of promotions fighting for him. And WWE won, but didn't really, in my opinion, showcase him. Blake Christensen, right before he signed with the WWE, had been featured on Impact Wrestling as a lot of their triple threats or four-way matches where he showed off a lot of his skills. He's a great young talent. He's already signed to be a part of events in December. You're going to see him December 4th and December 6th, and I forget the other date, in GCW. You're going to see him at Warrior Wrestling's Christmas program. He got on the phone immediately after they released him, and I can't help but think he was a little bit excited. 
He had been on the indie circuit. He knows how to do it. He knows how to work it. He hasn't been with WWE that long. Maybe a year? Maybe? And so he's young enough, talented enough, and he just was there. He knows how to do it. He's easily going to transition back into the real world of wrestling where he'll pick up exactly where he left off. Oni Lorcan, he has a 90-day non-compete. We won't get to see him until February, but he's already put out tweets asking around if anybody knows of a ring that he can buy. He wants to open a small wrestling school. He is looking for bookings. And I think we see Biff back on some indie circuits. Would not surprise me to see him in MLW or New Japan Strong recently. You know, very, very soon. Let's talk um, Eva Marie. A lot of people were like, ha-ha, told you so. No, I don't know that this was a ha-ha, told you so firing. Eva Marie was signed, I want to say, March. They brought her in in May and thought up some ideas. They actually came up with the dewdrop idea in the summer. It really wasn't executed until after SummerSlam. And that program had ran its course. Even Marie talked to WWE. They didn't have a new program ready for her on who and how she was going to be next. And she said, well, I have this opportunity to go make an action movie on the West Coast. Is that okay? They gave her permission for time off. So going ahead and letting her go was a Nick Khan decision. And it was to save money. They didn't want to keep her on the payroll again for numerous months. While she filmed a movie, while Creative came up with some kind of concept, and they got it going. Like I said, she was already on the payroll from, I think, March. Don't hold me to that, because I I would have to go back and look through my notes. But basically from March till after SummerSlam, September, six months maybe, they were paying her and she she was working out. She was practicing at the training center and different things. But really wasn't on TV. So it makes sense to let her go. Do I look for her back in the WWE? Yes. It will not surprise me if 2022 brings us another round of Eva Marie... Because the hatred there is real. Her heat is real. 
people can't stop talking about her. Whether it's because they think she is tremendously bad as a wrestler, that I've seen that they say she has no athletic talent. Really? No. 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 Uh, Eva Marie was willing to do whatever they wanted in the ring. Anything that a WWE superstar, when they were ta- whether they were taking her on one on one or in tag team situations, she was willing to do any moves that they were willing to just make sure she was safe in. Bailey spoke out and said one, well, several of her most fun matches were against Eva Marie because any move she wanted to try, Eva Marie was like, okay. And they pulled them off. Go back and watch Bailey and Eva Marie the first time Eva Marie got called up. Their matches were trying different stuff. They were actually fairly original and innovative, and both of them sell so well. Now, does Eva Marie have a strong, aggressive uh, offense? No. Her ability to sell, go with moves of other WWE wrestlers, is what makes her talented. And so many fans did not see that. I'm telling you, 22, 23, you're probably going to see even Marie back in WWE for another run, another program, bringing up a talent to get them over or to get in a program with a superstar that needs to get over or she can generate Just some cheap rock that she couldn't break through 
before her swimming, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, they had Ronda Rousey in there at the time, and she just couldn't push through. Then WWE Creative, to get her more over in their minds, kind of wanted to tweak her gimmick. And it was like they couldn't make a decision. The fans interpret, well, Ember Moon doesn't know who she is. No, she did. Uh, as we saw months later. The writers, creative, didn't know Ember Moon. They didn't know whether they wanted her to be a this. They wanted her to be, like, Dracula. They wanted her to be mystical, magical, supernatural. They didn't have a clue. Instead of putting one or two layers, then they charged her, but to focus on her and making them have two, three, four meetings with her, discussing how she sees that character and helping them develop something, and putting a program together for her. They thought the best thing was for her to possibly be seen as chasing the 24-7 championship. Well, she snapped her Achilles tendon and was out quite a while. Her talent kept WWE into keeping her. They put her on WWE backstage with Fox's approval. She shined. People found there that she truly knew wrestling. She could speak on it. She could ad-lib. She wasn't who the fans kind of thought that she was by just seeing her on the main roster. She wasn't confused about her character. She wasn't confused about who she was as a person or a wrestler. She knew wrestling history. She could speak about today's wrestling compared to other promotions, compared to other in the past. Ember Moon was a delight on that show. They never took it and run ran with it when she came back. Many people wanted to point out that Xavier Woods came back faster than she is. Okay, so? People, injuries have a projected time of rehab. Just because someone does it faster than someone else doesn't mean they're more talented, doesn't mean they work harder, doesn't mean anything other than their bodies responded faster. Or someone wanted them back faster. Now, I agree with some of WWE's evaluations. She wasn't the same when she came back. She was a little slower, um, which made her still faster than most WWE wrestlers, or at least tied with them. 
because she was extremely quick in her movements before the injury. The problem I think she had was not with her athletic ability or with her comeback. It was more due to the fact that she didn't have the confidence. Now, was that because WWE was shaky? Yeah, I think so. And when NXT started kind of faltering and they had made some call-ups or released other people, Ember Moon was then decided that that she could go back down to NXT, be a veteran presence there in the women's locker room, be a positive influence, be someone that other women could listen to and get her confidence. You saw her with the tag team titles, with her chase with the NXT championship. She was gaining confidence more and more and more and was becoming more of the old Ember Moon that we had saw before her injury. She is talented. Is she talented enough to go back up to the main roster? I don't know that she wanted to. I think she knew she would just get screwed over again. And I think that she was one of them biding her time until her contract ran out to escape. She is one that I believe that AEW will be interested in. If they are not interested in her, Impact Wrestling surely is. In Impact Wrestling, I think she will be a superstar. They understand supernatural, different types of characters, and she would fit in really well there. However, does she want to go there? I don't know. I think AEW is going to be the place for her. And I think we're going to see her blossom. Before she gets there, will she have to jump through the independent circuit hoops? I don't know. My heart says no. My head says, yeah, maybe a month. But I I think Tony Khan sees talent when he sees it and will sign it immediately and we will not um, have to go without Ember Moon's presence very long. Mia Yim and Keith Lee. You're thinking, Sam, what are you doing lumping them together? They're two totally different people. Yes, they are. Um, The reason why I'm lumping them together is, number one, they're a couple, but number two, they are together as far as WWE did not know what to do with either one of them. Number three, they were both unvaccinated. Mia Yim absolutely hated 
where Retribution was going. She jumped out of that one early. And Kate, Keith Lee gave her a reason to do that. He had COVID and has long haul issues with COVID. He detailed those that he was having some heart issues from COVID and he had to deal with those. Mia Yim asked for time to take care of him. She hasn't been seen on TV in months. But I think that was a choice, not her not wanting to be. Um, WWE, when she was ready to come back, didn't have anything for her. I think Nick Khan looked at this and said, she's unvaccinated. She doesn't really want to get vaccinated. She's been off all these months and we've been paying her. Um, we should just fire her. He's very cold. He doesn't understand the wrestling business. He just cares about numbers. And when he talks to WWE creative, they don't have anything for her. And she's been off this, this long, then, yeah, you're getting fired. And I think that was an easy decision for him. The problem is the wrestling people, I believe, in WWE were like, what? We signed her. When they sign Mia Yim. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately. At VA, veterans receive world-class health care and are treated with respect and dignity. Women veterans receive specialized care for their unique needs. Veterans with PTSD experience life-saving therapies. Paralyzed veterans access new technologies to improve mobility. Whole Health is changing primary and specialty care at VA. For the care, respect, and compassion veterans deserve, choose VA. Visit choose.va.gov. Let me repeat that. When they signed Mia Yim, she was top 10, top 15 in the world of women's wrestlers. Yes, you heard me correctly. Go back, look. Top 10, top 15 women's wrestlers in the world. Why did she need to go to the Performance Center? I have no earthly clue, other than they wanted to re-brainwash her. Why did she have to spend so long in an NXT? I have no clue, other than they wanted to re-brainwash her. And to build her a fan base and give her a body of work that Vince or others in the main roster could see. She 
was put in retribution, and immediately fans hated her. She has the opportunity now to go back out into the real world of wrestling, remake her entire career. She is talented enough to do that. If AEW knows again what they're doing, they will sign her immediately after her non-compete clause is up. Keith Lee, on the other hand, 36 years old, big boy, unvaccinated. Would he have gotten the vaccination if asked or if said, look, you don't do it, we're going to fire you? Maybe. Probably, honestly. He was not vaccinated that I ever heard through the grapevine because he has strong anti-vaxxer opinions. I don't I don't think that that was it. He had had COVID before, and it is my understanding, the last antibodies test that he had taken, he had a lot of antibodies. And his doctors did not feel that it was important for him to get vaccinated with a high number of antibodies and... And here's the kicker, and his long-haul issues. Everybody says he's automatic to AEW. I agree, but I don't think they pull the trigger until he goes to other doctors not WWE-related and they say he's rocking, raring to go 100% at a wrestling level. Tony Khan does not want him to risk his life, risk um, taking a chance with any of his organs where... He would be disabled in any way, shape, or fashion for the rest of his life. He doesn't want him flying, traveling, putting wear and tear on his system to wrestle and make appearances in and out all week long and destroy his lungs or destroy his circulation system or to have kidney problems or anything like that. Do I think AEW signs him if he can only go once every other week or once every three weeks? Yes, if the doctors say it's okay. Now, do we see him in MLW, New Japan Strong, even Impact, if, I don't think that he really fits in Impact, but definitely MLW or New Japan Strong, if he can't 
wrestle AEW. Yes, I definitely do. Because of the way they're set up. They, or even NWA, he would be excellent for NWA. They do a set of tapings where you perform and go hard for a week and a half, two weeks, knock out six, eight episodes, and then you can either take other engagements or you can rest, you can work on other projects or other interests, hobbies that you have. He could recuperate. And so, I think as long as he passes medical tests and they give the green light, I think the world probably is somewhat his oyster as far as making decisions for himself. Um, Frankie Monet. One of the bigger shocks me personally um she really hadn't been with WWE that long she had made her dream come true perfect story for WWE totally shocked I was totally shocked they left her at the PC for so long but I'm finding that if you stay at the PC and don't get pulled to NXT quickly, it's because you can't be brainwashed quickly. I believe that about Taya Valkyrie. Her stint in AAA, her stint in Impact Wrestling, known by wrestling fans that follow those promotions and love that kind of wrestling. Her work in AAA, ooh, you need to go watch it. Taya Valkyrie should not have been in Performance Center that long. I think they wanted her styles to mesh. I think the character she was given, Frankie Monet, sucked. I don't know that it was her. And then when you stick her with Robert Stone brand, I don't know that that much. I don't know that it made sense. And I don't know that NXT fans enjoyed it. She would have been better off to go straight to the main roster. Why? If we haven't learned anything with NXT, not talking NXT 2.0, NXT is that that is a niche, hardcore audience. They can count on half million to 700,000 people to watch that show weekly. Because they are hardcore NXT fans. They probably didn't know her from AAA. Those fans do not watch that. They probably didn't know her from Impact Wrestling. So to them, she's just another new kid on the block. 
And when some of them heard that she was married to John Morrison, they were like, oh, well, we'll watch her. But she never developed anything because the character was really bland and wasn't pushed. I am so excited and happy for her that she made her dream come true, but also that she got released. She can step right back into the Impact world, taking on Mickey James, Deanna Perrazzo, uh Madison Rain immediately, and just go. She can work when she wants to work, how she wants to work, and it just fit. It just clicked. Does AEW want her? Probably. They did before. They were interested, but they understood not to go real extremely hard after her, because once WWE got into the picture, they knew with her husband being there, they knew with the money, they knew that that was her dream. They probably weren't going to get her. I don't know if they step up again strong this time. I think she wants to go to Impact Wrestling. Scott Demore and others in Impact Wrestling would be crazy not to sign her and allow her to go back to the West Coast and play and play well in Vegas. The thing that I'm totally shocked about is that WWE didn't let John Morrison go. They should. They're not using him. Please, please, please don't make him a jobber. He's too talented. He gets over his characters too well, and he's too athletic. Don't put him back in with The Miz and try to pretend you didn't do a breakup storyline, that you didn't do a storyline with them that we were extremely interested in and was going to be a good program before Miz took off for Dancing with the Stars. This meditation thing hmm, of him doing is ridiculous. Yes, it fits his personality, but you're not doing enough with it. Let him go. Let him be the wrestler that he can be because it's obvious you don't know how to use him. Let the couple be happy. Scarlet, a little bit of a shock. But they knew if they let her go and didn't let Karrion Cross go, he was going to be even bigger of a problem backstage. Now, Sam, they always say that about stars that they let go or they let their contracts run out, that they were a problem backstage. Well, Karen's admitted he was a problem backstage. Why? Because he was frustrated and angry that they destroyed the character that he, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, 
might bloom um all of them have created in nxt he was another one that should have just jumped to the main roster but no they put him in the performance center forever and then they left him in nxt forever and he had the unfortunate problem of being hurt of getting hurt he was almost perfect in NXT character-wise and his abilities. They didn't stretch his talent. Some people want to say the well is not very deep there. I beg to differ a little. If you go back and watch some of his other work, not WWE-related, extremely talented since hooking up with Scarlett oh they have been unstoppable with their creations their thinking having Scarlett not wrestle was big I don't know how you do that yes she made a great ballet Yes, she was a great creator. Put her in the ring. Especially after you train her. Let her shine. Let her be brought up to the main roster and used. Changing his entrance. Changing his outlook. Putting him in a helmet. What are you guys doing? Karrion Cross was created to be a supernatural character that was Scarlet by his side, doing the magical, the mystical, with her tarot cards and her hourglasses, is what gave him a hidden edge to take that away and make him be a gladiator or a caveman or whatever they were going for utterly ridiculous where do I see carrying cross going MLW would be my very first thought they would take that and run with it. GCW, he would be allowed to do whatever he wanted and could be as innovative, creative, and original as he wanted to be and that Scarlet wanted to be. Do they have the budget, though? No, I don't think so. Could I see him going to New Japan Strong? Yes, as only a stepping stone to him going back to Japan and rocking everyone's world. Do I see him going back to Impact? Mm, no. Not some of the things I've heard. No. AEW? I can see AEW 
wanting him, will he want to sign with them, though? I don't know. Their track record in two and a half years with big men like him, as far as Lance Archer, um, Brian Cage, uh, not great. He's older. More set in his ways and knows the wrestling business. Are they going to be able to stop start him? No, not without him getting frustrated again. Will he sign with AEW? I don't know. Should he? Probably not. I would love to see him on the independent circuit for a little while and then him like I said do kind of a triangle of Japan New Japan MLW and some independent events I would love to see him in Warrior Wrestling for their five events a year six events a year I think that would be outstanding Scarlet I don't see her as riding the coattails of Killer Cross. Um, I think that she stays, you know, basically with the same promotions that he goes to. But I see her wrestling a lot more. And I can't wait till she unleashes her talents again on the real wrestling world. Now, I've saved the best for last. And you're like, what? Yeah, the one that most shocked me was Nia Jax. What? Yeah, I can hear all of you gasping and whating me. Nia Jax is part of the Samoan dynasty related to The Rock. But not only that, she was homegrown um, WWE talent. Whether or not she injured people, it doesn't matter for the simple fact a lot of times, the injuries were due to the fact, I don't know that she was worked with on a consistent basis, but she was taught extremely well. I feel like she got experience by her matches on the main roster. She really wasn't in NXT that long. Being, you know, the just not another girl, uh, the irresistible force, she had some really good matches. Her stuff against Charlotte, and yes, I know they had the blow-up that everybody thought was a shoot fight. Um, they were still very good. Did she accidentally hurt people because she didn't know her own strength? Probably. But a lot of that comes from her not working 
with some of the greatest women's talent around the world. Could you imagine if she was brought up on the independent circuit and got to wrestle and learn from Awesome Kong, from Nyla Rose? Two women who are of her style, her size, but not her athletic ability. Guys, I think, again, the world is her oyster. I see her going to AEW as quick, possibly showing up the day her non-compete is over. I think you will see her blossom and bloom by being able to work with others. Almost anywhere she chooses to sign, she will still be able to work with or for other promotions. She will get to hear the voices of Mickey James, of Serena D, of um, Shadia, of trying to, to rack my brain, of, of veterans. She will also be able to talk to people like Deanna Perrazzo, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green. Am I comparing her to them? No. But she'll be able to reach out to them. They will be able to work with her on how you leave WWE and you build your own brand and you build it quickly. Look at Chelsea Green. Look at what Deanna Perrazzo and Britt Baker did as soon as they left the WWE. Tay Conti would be another one that left the WWE. Boom. Nia Jax has three months to reach out to different people, talk to them, get advice, and brand herself. Even probably come up with a character. If she likes the Nia Jax character, of course, she will go probably with Lena, her real name. Because Nia Jax is owned by WWE. But Ruby Soho is another one she'll probably reach out to. I really see her hitting promotions early next year. And I think we see exactly how talented and athletic she is. She was also unvaccinated along with Scarlett and Karrion Cross, and was feel fairly opinionated about it. They were anti-vax. They did not want to get the vaccinations. Karrion Cross, I don't believe, was going to get a vaccination. Period. Nia Jax, I kind of feel, is kind of like Keith Lee. If made... I think, possibly, she would have. But guys, 
really sit down and think. There's a lot of her family, her real life family, that are not vaccinated. One reason why some of them possibly are not on the UK tour. You draw your own conclusions. Nia Jax has held the WWE Raw title, the tag team titles, and is too talented to let that get in the way. But speaking and bringing up unvaccinated, you can see Karrion Cross, Scarlett, uh, Mia Yim, Keith Lee, and Nia Jax unvaccinated. All of those names were told to you by me back in the summer when we were discussing also Sasha Banks and Finn Balor not being vaccinated, not wanting to be vaccinated. Sasha Banks famously skipping out on SummerSlam. WWE says it was last minute. It wasn't. They hadn't known for, I don't know, two weeks, ten days before. But Sasha Banks and Finn Balor are vaccinated now, currently. Or provided proof. I believe, however, both of them, that they were vaccinated. They are on the UK tour, and you cannot get into the UK without providing evidence to them that you're vaccinated. They don't just take your word for it. And so, since they are currently in the UK, they are vaccinated. And I don't know that Sasha could have came back to the WWE unless she was so. Um, so, that leaves one big one in the WWE that as far as I know, has not received his vaccination yet, and that's AJ Styles. There were rumors going on that I didn't put forth, and I haven't seen that anyone else has, that both Finn Balor and AJ Styles, members of the Bullet Club, members, shouldn't say members, leaders of the Bullet Club in Japan, missing a lot of their friends especially Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, um, Switchblade, um, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't know that I've seen Finn Balor and Hikaleo um, interact, uh, Tama Tonga obviously knows them. They want to be released, it is my understanding, from the WWE. It is my understanding of sources and through the grapevine. I have not been able to totally confirm it, 
No one wants to go on record. No one wants to provide any source of information that I can get into. But it is my understanding that both Finn Ballard and AJ Styles have been wanting to leave the WWE for a while. Finn Balor going back to when he took his vacation, became married, and went on his honeymoon, really wanted to be released, leave, or go back to NXT, which he did. He thought it was going to be a short stint. It wasn't. Um, creatively, he has been stopped every step of the way from what I understand he was against bringing the demon back he was pushed and definitely did not like how that match ended um, creatively it was his idea from what I understand of the demon getting hurt, injured, whatever you want to call it, and him showing his strength, his power of the heartbeat, and coming back, coming back to life with all of his magical, mystical power. However, WWE didn't want him to beat Roman Reigns. Finn Balor's comment was then, why is the demon going to take him on? That is the whole lore of the demon is he's better than Finn Ballard. He is Finn Ballard allowing all his rage, allowing the demon to possess him and come through, be undefeated, the Mortal man cannot defeat him. And WWE saying, well, they're not. We're going to have the ropes break, and, and that's how it's going to end. Well, but yet you're not continuing that program. You already have other plans. And that was Finn's argument, is if you're going to bring the demon back, it needs to be for a series of matches that actually mean something with the demon overcoming. WWE didn't want to do that. Well, I agree with Finn Balor. Don't use him. AJ Styles does not care to be a veteran teaching young wrestlers like almost about the wrestling business. He knows he's in the 40 and up class and that his time is limited but that he has tremendous knowledge he was very angry with WWE in releasing the Good Brothers with Paul Heyman WWE moved him but didn't really satisfy him He sees what others are being allowed to do in other promotions. What they're being allowed to accomplish. Especially in Impact Wrestling and AEW. 
how the forbidden door, for lack of a better expression, is open. And how people are using it to build their brand to get over, but to expand their artistic creations, which if you're a WWE fan and only a WWE fan, you may not understand. But if you followed John Moxley out of WWE and have seen what he has created, you kind of do know artistic creation. And both of these men are originals, innovators, and Finn Balor as Prince Devitt, I have been telling you on numerous episodes, worth your time. Go look him up. My goodness. Release them and allow them back on the world of wrestling where they can show us exactly what they can do. And that's kind of how I felt about Sasha Banks. Many of you heard the episode I did about her before summer or after SummerSlam, her not showing up, her fight with being unvaccinated. I really hoped that she would push the issue to be released. She is one. I don't believe it is a WWE lifer. Do they want her to be? Yes. Will they throw money at her to be? Yes. Should they? Yes. I just hope one day Sasha Banks chooses her artistic creativity in the ring, out of the ring, over money and is released on to the wrestling world that has open doors everywhere. And she can go anywhere and everywhere, whenever she wants, and tell the stories that she can only dream of. Take on the wrestlers that she wants to truly take on. How be it, they basically told her, we're not going to release you, we're not going to fire you. We're probably not even going to pay you your regular salary. We'll just suspend you. Do it up in contractual language. Extend your contract and let you set. Telling that to an artistic, creative person like Sasha Banks, who grew up on wrestling, would have been pure torture. Like locking her in a isolation cell of a prison. People said, well, if she was that set on not taking the vaccination, why didn't she just do that? She didn't want to go through the torture, the pain, the depression that would have came of not being able to use her outlet. She's got to get that contract over. 
good luck, Sasha. And thank you for taking the shot, because that means I get to see your work. Now, future, what do I see? I see the budget cuts. Yes, I'm using finger quotes. Continuing. I mean, when you look at it just this year, they released 10 wrestlers on April 15th. They released 8 wrestlers on May 19th. They released 6 wrestlers in on June 6th. And on June 25th, released 14. That's 20 in the month of August. Or, excuse me, the month of June. In August, they released 13. And then in November, we have seen 18. That in and of itself is enough to start a new promotion. They've released almost 60 wrestlers. I think they continue. We may possibly get a little one before the first of the year. I don't think it happens with them pushing this November cut that was supposed to happen in October back. I think it's after the first of the year. They're going to allow this to kind of percolate in WWE wrestlers' minds, seeing if this scare tactic wakes them up to perform better. Plus, here's the real reason. They need wrestlers for the Royal Rumble. And they're not going to make cuts until after that. Why cut people that you actually could use in the Royal Rumble as filler to bring out, play their entrance music, and then throw them over the top rope in two minutes to build up somebody's record-achieving um, elimination numbers. But there will be cuts early, like right after Royal Rumble, before WrestleMania. Then we'll get our normal April 15th cuts right after WrestleMania. A lot of you have said, I don't understand why this person didn't go. I don't understand why that person didn't go. Well, they're kept on for certain reasons. Yes, you haven't seen Titus O'Neil forever, but the community outreach that he does and the matches he does, they mean something. Who do I see in the next round of cuts? Well, look at the dark matches. No, I'm not talking Johnny Gargano and Thomas or Tomas Champa. Will they be cut or released? If they continue doing what they're doing. Yes. Will it be in January? No. It will be out. 
I think Johnny Gargano was dangled that carrot because his contract runs out soon, which will be another episode this week um, about contracts. But I think we see Aaliyah, if she doesn't kick it in gear, possibly could be a January-February cut. I had heard Dakota Kai, but NXT is making a push for her. Is that to get Raquel over so that she can come up to the main roster? I don't know. But I had heard Aaliyah and Dakota in this set of cuts. But they didn't pull the trigger. Like I said, Aaliyah better get her act together. Think about this. Aaliyah was in NXT and worked with Bailey. Do I think that she should have been brought up with Bailey? No, no, no. She hadn't been there that much. But think about it. She was in NXT when Bailey was at the end of her NXT run. Bailey worked with her. That's how long she's been there. Think of all the titles, the championships, the programs, the matches that you remember that Bailey has done on the main roster. She's even taken her hugger gimmick and turned it ill. She is a, a Grand Slam champ, has held all the belts. Aaliyah hadn't even made it to the main roster yet. She's in Nick Khan's targets. As is, I would say, Jinder Mahal. Unless he wants to become a jobber. Because if he doesn't get over soon, that's what they're going to turn him into or he's getting released. Veer and Chanky, no. They're going to stay as jobbers. And that's what a lot of you don't realize about Dana Brooke. Is Dana Brooke ever going to win a championship? Um, not with this creative team. But they do need to keep her around to have someone for the stars to lose to. Or for them to pull shenanigans and just beat her. Guys, before you throw out people's names, have some reasons. Not just because, oh, they're not getting pushed. Well, sometimes that's not their role. Their role is to lose to other wrestlers. People were throwing out Dominic Mysterio. Guys, until his contract runs out and he decides he wants to leave, WWE is not releasing any time in the next 10 to 15 years. Don't even go there. Watch who you say, what you say, and why you say it. Are there stars out there wanting to be released? Yes. Like I said, from what I understand, Charlotte A.J. Finn want to be released so bad they can't stand it. Will they be? No. Probably not. 
did they want to force WWE to fire them? Yes, I heard that on the grapevine. Was it true? I can't confirm it. Like I said, AJ Styles and Finn Balor, from what I understand, thought the vaccination fit what they believed, but also could possibly get them released. WWE is calling people's bluffs. Charlotte went about it a different way. Being difficult. Is this the first time that it's happened? No. Is it because she feels she's entitled? Because she's Ric Flair's daughter? No. If you had met her when she was starting in NXT, she was extremely confident. She was difficult to work with then. She has high expectations and aspirations of herself. And when WWE Creative doesn't want to keep her aspirations full bore for full focus, then she gets upset. And I don't blame her. As athletically gifted as she is, and how hard she has worked on the mic, come on. WWE has to give her her way. Number one, she brings them money. And she is a true heel. People love to hate her, and she can't be turned back babyface. She's the women's MJF of WWE. Will they release her? Will they fire her? Not if they know what's good for him. But like I said, Nick Khan doesn't really get into or care about wrestling and what a wrestler wants. He just wants what's good for the bottom line of the numbers. Will he cut her? In a heartbeat. If he is causing them to, if she is causing them to lose money or look bad on the business side of things, he will cut her contract in a heartbeat. The question is, will Vince McMahon be able to be convinced to allow that to happen? I'm telling you, though, they have some serious decisions to make. Especially when it concerns Charlotte. And we're going to talk about them, like I said, in an episode coming up this week. Because, guys... Charlotte isn't a WWE lifer either, and neither was Ric Flair. He went where the money was and where he could get the fame. And if you don't think that Charlotte's building her brand and wants to be with her future husband, you are crazy. That's everything for this episode. I'll talk to you soon. And hopefully... I'll see you 
down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.